1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators can utilize the power of service learning to redesign education. You know, in the spirit of service learning, I was reflecting about the experience of hosting this radio show. And for those of you who are new to service learning, the concept of service learning, it's a way of teaching and learning in which young people are addressing a real community need in partnership with the community while learning things like academics, leadership, social emotional skills, civic engagement, and so much more. Um, it's through these service learning experiences that young people connect to things that they care about and take action on issues that matter to them. So um, it inspires them It helps them develop and learn in a real world setting. So that's service learning. So back to my reflection. Um, So one of the standards um, of service learning is reflection. So I have this incredible time speaking with these amazing young people as well as educators who care so deeply about the changes that they wanna see in the world. And I feel like I learned something new after every episode that we do on this show. And I think one of my favorite parts is when you can feel that excitement in a guest's voice. You know that they are passionate about what they're contributing to the world and how they're making it a better place. And you can really feel it, right? Like you feel that passion coming through when they talk. Today's show, we're going to meet a young man who I know cares deeply about the change he's trying to make in this world. So he had a vision of how he wanted to help people when he was just seven years old. So seven. So I know when I was seven, I'm pretty sure it was coloring, playing outside, and not a thought about what I wanted to do to change the world. But Caleb Smith, he's the founder and CEO of Peace Bunny Island, which is located here in Minnesota um, in the Mississippi National River Recreation Area, which is also a national park. So the organization uses the power of service learning to care for the well-being of rabbits, to train volunteers to care for them, and to share what they're learning with others. Um, The rabbits are trained as comfort animals, bringing comfort to people in times of loneliness, stress, trauma, and grief, which... I have to imagine there's been such a huge call for that um, during this pandemic. So, Caleb, I want to welcome you to the show.
2: Thank you for having me on today absolutely.
1: I know you've been on quite of a whirlwind tour. You've um, just released your new book, Peace Bunny Island, um, and you've been on talk shows and interviews from Kelly Clarkson, The Today Show, People Magazine. So I feel very fortunate <laughs> that you took the time to join me here today um, and for bringing rabbits to our National Service Learning Conference in the midst of all of this. I know it was one of um, one of my favorite parts of the conference, um, and I can't wait until next year when we're together in person. So um, you don't know this, but I happen to love rabbits, like really love rabbits. I had a pet bunny. Um, her name was Midnight. She was, com- she was pletely, completely a black rabbit, not a stitch of color on her anywhere. She was so adorable, so soft. I loved her so much. So, um, so you and I have something in common when it comes to bunnies, but um, I thought before we talk about bunnies and Peace Bunny Island, I would love for you to talk about you outside of Peace Bunny Island. So can you tell us a little bit about Caleb?
2: Yeah, so I am go to public school. I'm a sophomore this year. Now, right now, I'm fully online doing virtual classes. I uh, really enjoyed um, choir as one of my elective classes um, outside of school. Uh, uh, have been really connected in the scouting program, 4-H, FFA, and uh, really, if there's animals, and um, I seem to really enjoy it. But um, anything that's outside, I love as well.
1: Awesome! Uh, I love that you're that you've connected with so many um, great. Um, after school programs like 4-H and FFA, and in school, um, yeah, that connection to um, to animals obviously was important to you. Um, how did you decide you wanted to work with comfort rabbits? Like, how
2: old were you? So my first rabbit I got at seven years old. His name was Snickers, and he is a Dutch rabbit. Um, so one half of their color is one color and then the back half is uh, another and he happened to more have a, a brown color um, on the back half of his body and he was just the, the most snuggly creature that um, I could ever imagine and um, we, he was raised uh, with a family um, that also had cats, um, so when uh, we uh, added him into our family. He acted like he was a cat and he thought he was a cat. So he, uh, he was trying to use a litter box and we go up and just lick you like a cat would. And it was just this awesome pet rabbit. And we had him for um, about a year and then he sadly passed away. Mm -hmm. And that, um, and then I just, uh, I got, got permission from my parents to look online during the Easter timeframe for a new pet rabbit. Um. after fostering some other animals and that was kind of my inspiration after finding all these rabbits on Craigslist was really a spark into the business.
1: I can only imagine um, how hard that must have been when Snickers passed. I do remember when Midnight passed away too and so um, it's great that your parents were so supportive of you finding another pet rabbit but okay so I'm like still stuck on the fact that your rabbit was using a litter box because that that would have been amazing. I think that I could have talked my parents into more rabbits too if mine would have used the litter box. Um, how did you decide that you were going to create this nonprofit, that that's what you wanted to do?
2: Yeah, so when I was looking for uh, and basically the their new... Rabbits said into our family, we uh, I got permission to look on Craigslist, and I found that there were over three hundred and sixty of them here in the Twin Cities, where oh. people wanted them. And then, you know, life happens. We have scouts, and we have sports, and we have um, family things, and you travel. And everybody had good expectations, but um, rabbits also live ten years, and they're uh, they're a huge commitment for a family. And um, a, lot, a lot of families were surrendering them, and uh, I wanted to prevent on the uh, on the prevention side with the pet abandonment cycle. I knew that uh, I couldn't save all the rabbits off of Craigslist because uh, I live in the cities. Yeah. Uh, but to focus on the prevention side and and um, focus on the education. So then it was. Um, so we we got four rabbits off of Craigslist and. Uh, with, it was a uh, Paxton star cream puff and, and, then later Casper. And what we could do is we could take them to, it ended up uh, you take them to, it started with um just a, a church group where they had a meeting and greet and we brought the rabbits there. And then as connections let out things in motion, they stay in motion and it led to like doing birthday parties and doing corporate events and, Really, the business expanded from there and I uh, had a, created a fostering program um, with, the, with the help of my parents that I kind of pitched the idea to them and I put on my church suit and uh, kind of pitched. And I said that parents will pay for STEM education. And i just seen a change the delivery system. And they said, if you find a way, we'll support you. Uh, So be careful what you promise your kids or you'll be having the most (laughs) awesome time uh, being on podcasts and uh, sharing your your passion. And really, the business expanded from there. And we uh, had a fostering program where people could check out Rabbits short term and focusing so much on this education side. That's
1: awesome. So I happen to have watched, um, I think it was an interview with your mom and dad, and I don't remember Which show it was, so I apologize for that. But your dad isn't exactly an animal lover, is he? Yeah,
2: um, he's not a pet person. Um, He's still not a pet person, uh, but he's uh, he's a rabbit person now. We've we've gotten him (laughs) into the rabbit world. Um, But for for him, he just didn't really grow up with rabbits um, or any animals, and um, and then as as we added animals into our home, he kind of warmed up to it, and um he's he, he's he seems to enjoy the rabbits when he interacts with them, um like even in the interview, he had a rabbit next to him the whole time that he was petting
1: i just I just have this image of you know like you said you were seven, correct like seven year old Caleb in his business suit presenting to the dad who's not, you're trying to convince him to bring all of these rabbits into your house at that time, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: And he's, he's the, he's really the businessman of our family. And so my mom was looking more into when, during the pitch, she was more about the, is it good for the rabbits? And is it good for the humans? And then my dad was more of the, how do you make the sustainable? And um, just the impact of that.
1: So, how did you move from this business model to um, to Peace Bunny Island um, with the as a kind of the nonprofit side? Like, what do you do there? How does that work?
2: Yeah, so, the nonprofit um, the the program originated as STEM bunnies, uh, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, and it was the educational program of taking the rabbits to different places. And we didn't want it to be a petting zoo. We wanted it to be a uh, an educational program where people could learn about the rabbits. And, um, and then the program has now morphed into the Peace Money Foundation and it's still going today. Um, so the program started at eight years old when we started doing programs and now uh, I've been doing this for eight years now and everything just evolves and everything builds off of each other.
1: That's awesome. So can you talk a little bit about how Peace Bunny Island um, is a service learning organization? So how do, you, how do you use your service learning knowledge to help advance the mission of the Peace Bunny Foundation?
2: Yeah, so the, we focus on bringing the rabbits to places of, uh, we say, uh, loneliness, trauma, and grief. And how we can bring the rabbits into places where there's already joy. And you could take them to a birthday party, um, or an egg hunt, or any any location where people are already happy and they're already celebrating something. And then the rabbits seem to to somehow even bring out more joy into a place that you couldn't have and even imagined there being more joy. And then we also go to the places where sometimes there's tragedy or there's loss, and the the rabbits have just this impact. Um, and animals can do things that sometimes humans can't, and they can have these interactions with people. And uh, they, that, there's always like this calming sense um, that the rabbits bring um, to, a, to a location like that.
1: That's awesome. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, and when we return, we're going to continue our conversation with Caleb Smith. So stay with us on The Power of Young People to Change the World, Voice of America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley, You are listening to the power of young people to change the world with amy muirs to find out more about amy and the national youth leadership council please visit nylc.org now back to the show welcome back everyone today
1: um, i'm joined by caleb smith caleb is the founder and ceo of peace bunny island Caleb, again, thank you for being here with me today. Um, Before the break, we were talking about service learning um, and how that fits with the mission of your organization. And I'm curious, like who helped you turn that passion that you had into reality to create this amazing um, organization?
2: Well, there was a lot of people behind the scenes that made a huge impact. And there's there's a lot of people um, so like my, my parents of pitching the idea to them and, um, them, um, kind of seeing the the vision and, um, end up helping me achieve that dream. And then going from, and then people that help out with taking care of the rabbits every day and, um, on the, on the farm side and those that help with the training, um, of the rabbits. So there are families and families and families of volunteers that, um, help this business um, strive and run, and everything has expanded from there. And there's people that um, that we've connected with that have expert knowledge um, that we can talk to them, and uh, they they can share their knowledge on the basically the next generation about um, expanding service learning and uh, the emotional support animals. That's awesome.
1: I'm wondering, so let's talk about the bunnies a little bit. Again, I told you, like, I, I have a really, like, a heart for the bunnies. Um, so how do, how, do you, how do the rabbits come to you, or how do you choose them? Like, how does that, how do you, how do you get your bunnies?
2: <laughs> so in our program, we have um, two sides um, to it. We have the endangered breeds of rabbits, and then we have the rescues in our program. And the endangered breeds, there are 12 breeds that are considered endangered um, through the Livestock Conservancy. And and in our program, we focus on six of those. Um, So we uh, strategically um, breed uh, those to keep their breed alive. Um, So the babies in our program, uh, we uh, kind of train them as babies to interact with uh, people and, and be used to the human guardians. And then as the rescues in our program, uh, a lot of them that we have in in our peace bunny unit um, already are really well trained to interact with humans. And then as um, they get out of our program, then we take them out to the island and do the specific training where we could take them out to these different locations.
1: So what does training look like? I have to imagine there's some rabbits that look at you and go, oh, heck no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) <laughs> and run away. But how do, you, how do you identify and train the ones that will actually be really good comfort rabbits?
2: Yeah, so on the island, now we put the rabbits up on tables and in wagons and um, kind of train them for what an event would look like and to interact with people. And one of the benefits of an island is if they happen to hop down from a table or from a wagon, um, it's an island. Where are they going to go? <laughs> so they can hop around and eat some vegetation, and then after a while, they'll come back to us, and we don't have to chase them, which is kind of counterproductive for them learning to spend time with humans. And um, and then after a while, they kind of get used to this feeling of well, the the people are the people uh, help us, and they're safe, and that we can interact with them all the time, and they they know that they'll that we'll take care of them.
1: That's awesome. Um, I love the fact that, I mean, really, you're creating a safe space and building trust from the ground up with the rabbits. Right. How do um, how do people respond when you take rabbits um, rabbits to places where people are grieving or um, to an event like our conference? Like, how do you see people respond?
2: Well, it's it's amazing to see how much, how much of an impact the rabbits can bring. And I, I talk about how the the rabbits um, have something that I call the power of presence and how them being there um, is, is helping people. And not one thing can fix a broken heart, uh, but the rabbits in a particular location, uh, people can open up and they can start um, talking about something. And um, the, the rabbits are kind of the the gatekeepers and people can talk to the rabbits and share their secrets and the, the rabbits will, will come over and just snuggle with people and um they're they're really good with with people and they they seem to have this huge calming state to them
1: so i also read and you can just say amy move on but i also read that um you had um, the rabbits interact with one of the students from Columbine um, after that shooting. Was that, is that a true story? Did I read that correctly? So we did um, it at uh, Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. Okay. Thank you. Sorry.
2: Yeah. So we, we brought the, the rabbits um, for the middle school and focusing a lot. Uh, we, we do a lot in our program on the education And and we did educational programs there and some other similar locations and bring in the rabbits. And then afterwards, people would stay 30 minutes or an hour later and really have this. And then really, they build this relationship with this rabbit.
1: That's amazing. Um, And just, I mean, so many school shootings. um, So sorry about mixing those up, but um, that has to be. For you, it has to be a powerful experience to be able to bring that kind of comfort um, to people who are really struggling. So thank you for that. Um, I'm curious, um, so you guys go all over and um, interact with a lot of different people. I'm curious what that looks like as you're navigating age or language, cultural barriers. Like, How do you navigate in that space?
2: Well, with the uh, with the rabbits, they're all very similar and the the rabbits don't speak a language and that they can they can share um, the their kindness and their love with everybody. And in, in our programs, we have um, different programs where uh, some of the curriculum would be different uh, for different age groups and uh, we have different connections and different topics for different ages. Uh, in terms of language barrier for our programs, um, everything um, event-wise has been in English, but right now, in terms of the book world, it's being translated into some other languages, including German. And just saying that we're, we're opening up to uh, impacting a, a broader world now,
1: that's exciting. So you just mentioned your book. Yep. So tell us about it. What's your new book about? Well, we know it's about Peace Money Island, but tell us about your book.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Peace Bunny Island is about the the journey um, of the the business and how I grew as a person and the the journey of um, adding the the rabbits into our program and the the formation of the business and the expansion of the business and the the idea of coming up with an island for the for the training of the rabbits and the the, the journey and the goals of how to achieve um, the, the dream of getting an island and uh, the the book talks about um, basically how does a kid get an island and the entrepreneurship story of the business side as well That's awesome
1: um, so everybody should go out and buy the book We we'll- um, it's it's available everywhere. Caleb and I were talking about that before we we got on the sh- on the show today. Um, I'm curious, uh, what have you what did you learn about yourself as you were um, writing this book?
2: Well, a lot a lot learning of really it, it comes back to um, basically the things I've learned during service learning as well, and it's going it's like problem solving and having responsibility and critical thinking skills and relearning things that um so a lot of of uh, the of what we wrote about um I mean it, I experienced it firsthand. And a lot of it was recorded um either in a journal or a video or an audio tape that we could look back and um basically relive the moment. And it's been amazing um of reliving the journey and uh and just going through it again and even just spending time with people going through it. Um, so like when um, so a few of the the friends that went on the boat journey together, we read that section together and um, just connecting and re- rebuilding these relationships and these friendships. And the, the book really connected everybody back together.
1: Uh, it's ex- the kind of the power of reflection, right? right? As I talked about at the beginning of the show, when you kind of reflect back on the journey, um, you even learn more about yourself, right? Through that process. I'm sure that had to have been um, really impactful for you. And if it, if you're able to reconnect with people, that's really exciting. Um, as you were going through this process, you're 16. So what advice do you have for other young people who are thinking about, either writing a book or maybe they're doing something that someday could inspire a book like you've done. Um, What advice do you have for them?
2: Well, first is the things in motion, they stay in motion. And uh, all the hard work um, at the beginning and the things behind the scenes will really make a difference um, during the outcomes. And uh, we, we all have our own peace bunny island that we strive for. And we all have different dreams. And uh, as we work towards that goals, that we can we can all achieve our own peace Winnie island.
1: That's wonderful. Um, I'm just curious. Um, you talked a little bit. You mentioned a boat journey. Could you just extrapolate on that a little bit? It was when you were answering the last question about the book. You said boat journey. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait, we probably don't know what that is. <laughs>
2: Yes, when I had the idea for the island, uh, I was looking online, and I was looking for different locations. And uh, during the winter months, I was looking for houseboats to park out on the island and be our transportation for the rabbits uh, to and from the island. And I found this uh, one boat that's parked in Winona, Minnesota, which is 100 miles downriver. And um would end up doing a hundred mile journey up to the island um for the journey- and uh, stepping foot on the island for the first time and a few of my friends I got to do it with them and spending time um, with my friends and doing this journey together um of this of this boat trek. we all got our boat operator's permit and this amazing journey and I, I talk about how. Uh, i actually i actually bought the boat before the island and this plan was well i i have a houseboat now and um if if i don't get my island i sell the boat in the fall and i have the best summer ever and the best case scenario is um i end up leasing an island i test the model the model is successful um i might end up purchasing the island and i have the best summer ever so <laughs> it, to to me, it was this expectation of we, we live in the moment and this is going to be such an amazing summer and it's going to be one of the the best summer ever. And um, as the business keeps growing, really every summer is almost the best summer ever.
1: That's awesome. So we're going to take another quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Caleb and we're going to talk about the best summer ever. And You guys stay with us on The Power of Young People to Change the World, Voice of America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back.
0: They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual Spring National Service Learning Conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve. Learn. Change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today.
2: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Mures. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now, back to the
1: show.
0: Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us today,
1: I'm joined by Caleb Smith. He's the author of Peace Bunny Island, and he's the founder and CEO of an amazing rabbit sanctuary that's sharing hugs, hope, and happiness. So, Caleb, again, thanks for being here with us today. So, before the break... You were talking about the best summer ever, and that was when you were fourteen. So a couple of years ago, what inspires you to keep doing this work? You're a very busy um, young person, you know, with all of with school, with extracurriculars. What keeps you going?
2: Well, doing the the training out on the island, and uh, when the when the rabbits go out uh, for their short term uh, kind of summer camp out on the island, it's really rewarding. When uh, to to see the rabbits um, be like rabbits and having them um, do something that they really enjoy and um, it's it's good for the humans and uh, good for the people as well and uh, out at the the peace bunny cottage which is uh, where they live year round uh, when. Uh, so then they, they live on an Island and they just go for the, or they live out at the cottage and then they just go to the Island for short-term and, uh, out at the, the cottage, taking care of the rabbits every day and, um, seeing just as the rabbits grow and see how their personality just becomes more and more welcoming to people. And as we start doing, um, all these different events and seeing the impact that the rabbits bring, uh, is one thing that really motivates me is the is the impact to, to keep doing it again as you see um, how much like I guess the the impact that the rabbits bring to all all range of places that we bring them and uh, it, it pushes me to keep doing it because it's it's impacting people
1: that's awesome um, and just so for people who aren't familiar with Minnesota, um it gets extremely cold here in the winter. So when Caleb was talking about Peace Buddy Cottage, um Caleb, can you explain why we need a cottage for for the bunnies?
2: <laughs> yeah, so the so the the cottage, we we need a place for the rabbits uh year-round uh, because I live in the in the cities and uh we we have a lot of rabbits in our program now, and the city we live in only allows us to have four um, that are adults. Um, so we um, have made different locations out to uh, at to different uh, different farms, and the Peace Bunny Cottage is the one we're at now. And uh, we've been here; uh, I think this is our is our third or fourth year now, and it's been it's been such an amazing location for us. And like you said, during the winter, it gets very cold. And, uh, the, usually the hardest thing is the motivation to go out, um, in the cold, um, is the, the hardest thing and knowing that, well, the rabbits still have to be fed every day and we still have to take care of them and knowing that we're, we're doing it for them. And then, then you get yourself motivated and knowing that when you finish, uh, like feeding everybody, then you can just snuggle with one for a while and, um, and spend time with them and build those relationships.
1: There's some instant gratification there, right? When you get to snuggle with the bunny after you uh, do all the hard work, but it does bring up a good point, you know, that, you know, having to, you have to feed the bunnies, right? You have to do some of these things. Do you ever just want to say, okay, I'm kind of done now. Like you, you, you dreamt about this and made it a reality when you were, When you were little, you know, now you're a sophomore in high school. There's a lot of things competing for your attention. Do you ever just think about saying maybe it's time to turn it over to someone else or?
2: Well, our our family is committed to taking care of the rabbits for at least the next 10 years because that's as long as they live. And, um, even if we don't do the rabbit program, we'll, we'll still be taking care of them. And our plan is to, to keep doing the business as long as we can. And, uh, there, there are going to be some hard days and, but everybody has hard days. And knowing that, um, as, as we make ourselves out of, out of a pitfall or when it's raining outside, um, or sometimes it's a downpour, um, knowing that these, these days, there's, there's an end to them. And, um, every day that it's, it's a new day and the the sun will always rise and you can, um, if, if you had a bad day, you can start over again and, um, start fresh and keep moving forward.
1: That's awesome. You've talked a lot about how the work, um, has been impactful. Um, but I'm, on others. I'm wondering, can you talk about how the work has impacted you?
2: Yeah, I talk about how um, we rescue the rabbits and the, re- the rabbits rescue us back. And knowing that and spending time with these rabbits, um, there's actually a rabbit who's uh, hopping around by my feet right now. <laughs> and just seeing that, just spending time with them, they, they bring joy and um, they, they bring kindness to people. And knowing that I can, I can be their caregivers and I can be a part of their lives and that they can, they can share some kindness back has been wonderful.
1: That's great. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, again, eight years, you know, you've been in the, doing this business, creating a foundation, um, bringing joy and happiness to people all over. What kind of challenges have you encountered um, along the way and kind of, how did you tackle them?
2: Minnesota winners is probably going to be the (laughs) hardest challenge, Um, but it's, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of little things and a lot of um, like little, little, um, little speed bumps that um, it's, it's just more as, as you are in the moment, that you you focus on the important parts, and that you can uh, that everything sharpens your skills and um, things that it's it's not necessarily more of of an issue uh, because you just you you can learn from it, uh, but motivation is probably one of the hardest and um, knowing that that we're like I said, we all have bad days and knowing that you still have to to get the chores done and you still have to run a business.
1: Thank you for sharing that. I think when you think about, um, there's a lot of young people who are trying to um, make change in the world. So I think it's important for them to understand that when we hit challenges, you know, sometimes we you know, sometimes we fail. We have to pick ourselves up. We have to we have to tackle things head on, um, and try and innovate and try new things in order to overcome those. So, thanks for sharing that.
2: Yeah, and there's and there's going to be some joy robbers that will that you may experience, and just knowing that you have to keep moving forward, and um, that you if if you listen to them, sometimes they could sharpen your business are um, the, the goals you're striving for. So, but you, you look forward into the future and you, you look at the positive side on things.
1: Do you have, um, people in your life that you would, that you turn to, to help, um, you, you talked about your parents, so I'm happy to hear, like share more about that, but are there other people, um, at partners that, that you turn to that help you kind of overcome the challenges that,
2: that. I, I, have a, I have a lot of people in my, I'll call my business mentor world, and I can relate to them and, or they can, I can just talk to them. And a lot of them have gone through some of the same struggles and we can learn from, uh, from their mistakes and they, and I can just ask for help and they can help me with, with their advice that they've gone through. And knowing that I have people in just about every aspect of the business world and life world, that I have at least one person that I could talk to and at any particular time or any particular moment on um, a particular area. And uh, they can really encourage me to keep the business going and to strive for the next goal. Awesome. That's amazing.
1: So I know that um, you also have done some workshops and sessions, and I like to think about those as um, changing the world through service learning. So can you share a little bit about how you're um, taking all the knowledge and, and skills that you have and in, in empowering others um, to change the world?
2: Yeah, so we have lots of different programs that we have um, where our, our businesses. Is youth, youth-led and youth-run. So we have uh, when when we go to different programs. Uh, I'll I'll do schools, for instance, where we could we could be training middle school, high school kids, um, where we, we train them at our bunny boot camp class, and they learn how to take care of the rabbits, and um, they can, uh, and then we we teach them about how to uh, bring the rabbits to a particular location, and they can go to their fellow youth. And the in elementary schools, and share the rabbits with them, and um, and just seeing that it's it's kids helping kids, and that's always been really fun to see.
1: It's awesome. So. Um, what I heard was kind of a peer-to-peer model in, you know, kids sharing with kids. Right. And then you talk about mentorship and having mentor, you know, adult mentors. So the youth adult partnership, the peer-to-peer, you're truly like walking our talk here at NYLC. So I appreciate that you're that you're kind of hitting some of the high points of service learning. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> um, I've, as uh before we go into our next break, um, I'm curious I'm just gonna throw this out at you um you talked a little bit about FFA um, um, in our first segment and I'm wondering um how that really impacted or shaped did that have a have a have a I guess, support in how you presented to your parents or, um, how you learned about rabbits? Like what, what role did FFA play, um, in your journey?
2: So FFA actually is, is one of the, the newest, um, clubs that I joined. I just joined okay. this last year. Okay. Um, but the, in the 4-H side of it, um, I joined 4-H in third grade uh, when I was eligible to join. And uh, met with uh, a few, like my, my neighbors, I uh, invited to also be in 4-H. And we, I met a lot of friends along the way in 4-H and scouts. And now I'm making connections in the FFA. Okay. And I was already doing, in, doing bunnies uh, when, before I did 4-H. But it was meeting new, new people that were doing the same things um, similar to me in the rabbit world. And um, and then now joining uh, FFA, where it's it's very similar to where they're they're in the business world and in the the animal world and um, taking care of our animals.
1: Wonderful! Thanks for sharing that because I know um, those programs have such a huge impact um, on right. so many young people, um, and they. I wish they were offered everywhere. So it's just I just wanted to help make that connection because they're they're a community partner too, right? Like they're they're an educational space and a place where where we can all connect and learn and grow. So um, FFA for for those maybe not familiar is Future Farmers of America. So um, and 4-H is an amazing organization as well as our Cub Scouts. So <laughs> thanks for sharing that, Caleb. Um, so we're going to take one last short break. And then when we come back, we'll get some final reflection with our guest, Caleb Smith. So stay with me, Amy Muirs, on the power of young people to change the world. And remember, you can follow the show on social media at NYLCORG or find us at NYLC.org. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new
0: shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muir's. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back, everyone. Um, in our last few minutes
1: here, I wanted to get some final reflections from Caleb. Um, so I'm curious, um, how are, are you planning to expand Peace Bunny Island? Kind of what does the future look like?
2: So right now we're, we're focusing now, as we start opening back up again, uh, focusing on all of this starting to do more events and then uh, working on creating um, some different areas and different hubs basically, and uh, replicating it in different locations where they could kind of have their, or they can share some happiness in a, in a particular area. And uh, we have the rabbits in a, in a particular site. And then we train people to uh, be kind of the, the hub leaders, and they can take them out to all these different places so we can increase, uh, hoping to scale up responsibly with our business. And, and then just working on testing the, the model uh, this summer out on the island. We have a few contest winners that we'll be inviting out to the island this summer. And uh, testing the model of bringing people out for short-term visits, and and see where the the island takes us.
1: That's amazing. I'm sure the pandemic. Uh, I mean, it had a hu- it's have having a huge impact on all of us. Um, but I know I saw some amazingly cute, adorable photos of you and bunnies at nursing homes and stuff. So thank you for bringing some some joy and happiness to, especially our elder community during this pandemic
2: it's been really fun to to bring the rabbits to these window visits and doing a lot of zoom calls and we can be uh sharing the rabbits with people um internationally and sharing the rabbits um in like closed closed circuit tvs in uh in some nursing homes and just sharing the rabbits with people where we might not not necessarily be able to uh to drive in on short notice
1: and I just like, like I say, it was one of, it was a great, um, experience during our conference. You do an amazing job in a virtual environment. Um, the sad part is is you just want to hold them and cuddle them, but you know, it's, they are really cute to, to see just, um, hopping around when you're surrounded. (laughs) Um, you know, you've been on this journey now for eight years and, and you've talked a little bit about this, but what would you say, what have you really learned about yourself? over the over the course of the last eight years?
2: Well, it's learning um, a lot of time management things and about my values and uh, a huge part of my values and learning that things in motion, again, they stay in motion and that uh, we, we strive for our goals and uh, make sure to live in the moment uh, because uh, life... Life goes by, and sometimes you're you're not experiencing, so you 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 might not necessarily remember it. So be in the moment and remember all the opportunities and uh, reflect on those, um, and have a recording of something. So if that's journaling, and or if that's taking an actual video. Or if that's, or if it's just an audio debrief, uh, we have something that we call three, two, ones after our events, and it's three things you learned, two questions you have, and one thing you want to try, and just having these debriefs of well, what did you learn at this particular, uh, at this particular event or time, and I guess for for the inspiration of well we all have our own island, and uh, as we just have to uh, journey there and strive for our goals and remember to celebrate those milestones as you achieve them. And uh, because again, just live in the moment and remember everything.
1: I love that. So you, you um, talked, you've talked eloquently about reflection and how important that was um, in um, the writing of your book. And so I want to give you the opportunity before I'm going to ask you for one final reflection, but before we do that, how should people find your book? How should people find Peace Bunny Island? Like, here's your opportunity for a shameless plug.
2: <laughs> yes, so the, our website is peacebunnyisland.com. And that's really where all of our information is posted. We're on lots of social media platforms, just at Peace Bunny Island. Uh, the book is um, lots of places online. Um, so from Amazon and Barnes and Noble to local stores online, and it's been such an amazing journey with the book. And uh, even now, uh, as, as things started to open up again, uh, just this last week, we met at a, at a few bookstores and just signed some books. And just the, uh, just knowing that, just the feeling of going in person and signing something. And we have remember to to celebrate those moments and our family celebrates with with a red plate uh, for when when we eat food that it's it's on a it's a red plate day, and just remember to have those moments and remember every opportunity you can, uh, because life life goes forward and life life moves on and always look forward into the future and look at the amazing possibilities, and but also remember that. Um, to, to be in the moment. And for me, I'm still a kid. So have time to still be a kid because you're only a kid once. That's awesome.
1: So I was going to ask you um, to share a final reflection, but it sounds like you did. <laughs> so that was, is there anything else you would add to that?
2: It was just that, um, that together um, we can all make a difference and uh, if we always choose love and choose kindness, that we can make, make a huge difference in the world and that um, I have bunnies as, as my vision, but we all have our own passion and strive for that passion and together we can make the world better.
1: That's awesome. Caleb, I want to thank you for joining me today, for sharing your passion and your journey with us. Again, you can pick up Caleb's book just about any place that books are sold. Um, And he didn't say this, but 100% of his 2021 royalties will go to support the Peace Bunny Foundation. So go out and get your copy, read all about Caleb's incredible journey. Um, He just covered just a tiny little bit of his incredible story. Um, it's it's a remarkable journey and some great insights. And again, I just want to thank you for for reflecting on the contribution that you can make and the the experiences that you can have when when you put your passion into action. So thank you, Caleb.
2: And thank you for the invite to be on here today.
1: Absolutely. So um, next week's show. Um, we're going to have a great show. Um, We're going to learn how educators and students are taking action through a nonprofit global brigade. So this is an international nonprofit and they are working systematically in communities across the world to empower volunteers, which are students, college students, high school students and adults um, in under-resourced communities to resolve the global health and economic disparities. So they are working to inspire everyone involved, community, students, educators, to work together towards an equal world. It's going to be a powerful show. I'm going to have Dr. Shita Vora, who's the CEO of Global um, Brigades, and a college student, Zach Roberts, who's really engaged in the program, along with two high school students, Elber Knight and Edgar Artiga. We're going to have a great conversation and really tackle some really challenging um, issues that are happening um, around our world. So you want to mark your calendars for next Thursday at 6 o'clock Eastern. And until next week, friends, don't be afraid to serve, learn, change the world. We will see you next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to The Power of Young People to Change the World. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn change the world.